You are listening to a sermon preached at Still Bay Baptist Church in Still Bay, South Africa. For more information, please visit our website stillbaybaptist.co.za. May you be blessed in listening to God's Word today. Good morning, and thank you for everyone for the good wishes. For 73 years, the Lord has carried me. And I'm sure he'll carry me till the end. I'm so thankful. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you abundantly during 2024. And may you in return be a blessing to others. Be aware and be watchful to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Just maybe God wants you to do something for him. Now just before we carry on, there are some couple of ladies that are serving the table for us, preparing the table of the Lord. And there are three key personnel, that is Ria and Denise and Matty. And I want to thank them, because when we get there, the table is set and we can sit and we can share on the table of the Lord. May the Lord bless you, it's not hard. Now, for today, it is rather a tough one. The theme for today, are we ready to partake in the Holy Communion? And then, today's communion is about forgiveness. Please bear with me. And should you feel that this message is not applicable to you, then please let it pass by. On the other hand, if it is applicable, then please react accordingly. Colin, this is very loud. Is it alright? Can I open in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, now it's becoming serious business. We want to hear your voice and we would like your spirit to speak to our spirits in our inner being. You know us, Lord, each one by name and you know what is right and you know what is wrong in ourselves. Please be with us. I want to ask you to bless the word. As I bring it, Lord, you know I'm trying to do it in English. It's not my mother language. Please help me. May it all be for your glory. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Abraham found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord said to him, you must move. And we know that the Israel has been in Egypt for 400 years. And God saw that these people was really suffering. And God spoke to Moses. He said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And God was concerned about their suffering. In a miraculous manner, God called Moses to set his people free from Egypt. And God made Moses like a, a God to Pharaoh. And Moses had to say anything that God told him to say. 
Whatever God commanded him, he had to say that to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not let the Israelites move out of Egypt to go and worship their God. Then God sent nine plagues. They were instituted by God, and still Pharaoh's heart was hardened by God, and he still refused to let them go. And then came the ultimate plague, the tenth plague. The plague of the firstborn was ultimate. The Passover was explained to Moses. He had to inform his people to partake in the Passover as it was given to them by God. Sorry, by God. God said that this month is to be for you the first month of the year. That's for the Jewish people now. Tell the people that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a whole lamb for his family one for each household. Care must be taken until the 14th day of the month and then it must be slaughtered. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in a basin and put some of the blood on the post and on the top of the door frames. And then none of you shall go out of the door of your house until the morning. At midnight, the Lord struck down at the firstborn of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. And then the Israelites moved on. Their journey to the promised land was not easy. Many difficulties came their way. But God did provide an outcome for each difficult situation. During the complete journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel stood firm. He did not change. There was one occasion on the Mount Sinai when, when God called Moses and the people had to gather and they had to be in a distance. And just to show you how awesome God is. He's our Lord, our Father. He's our strong creator. He's the Lord most high. The Lord our healer. The Lord our shepherd, our helper, our righteousness, our mighty God. He's our provider. He's our Lord, our sword. And so there's many to carry on. And during the journey through the desert, God revealed him in several ways. By day, they were led by a cloud, and at night, the cloud looked like fire. They received quail from the Lord when they argued that they didn't have meat to eat. God provided water from the rock. And then, when they reached the sea, the Israelites went through the dry land, and when Pharaoh and his men came, the water was closed, and all of them were drowned, and they were gone forever. Now what happened at Sinai, when the Lord descended, Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from the smoke like a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain smoke, they trembled with fear 
They stayed at a distance. They said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us or we will die. All of the Israelites were aware of God's presence, His authority, His might and His power. Now eventually they came to their land and it was told to them, do not take a man or a woman from the heathens. Yet, what did they do? They did exactly that. And why did God say that? Because the heathens have got idols and they would most definitely bring it to Israel and God didn't want it. Then God's people decided that they also should have an earthly king to rule them. Now Samuel, the man of God, he prayed to the Lord and said, this is what the people want. And now can we see in 1 Samuel 8 verse 7, what God says to him, It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. And Samuel called on God's people and gave them the following word. First Samuel 12, 21 and 22. He said to them, Do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. Now, God made a, a covenant and listened to what, what, uh, no matter what, God will not reject these people. First Samuel 12 verse 22. Though the people went wrong, for the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people, because the Lord has pleased, was pleased to make you his own. And still today, we all know that the Jewish people has been scattered all over the world, yet they are still a nation. Since May 1948, they keep on coming back to Israel, and still they are coming. God is with them. We don't know what's the final outcome and when what's going to happen, but we know God is in control. It is very sad that all the reigning kings of Israel had a real roller coaster lifestyle. If we read first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles, the following refrain is kept on. It goes like this more or less. That's now about the king. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now today, I'm just going to have a short look at three kings and what their behavior was. King Saul, he was the very first king of Israel. The final outcome of King Saul is not good. He did what was wrong in the eyes of God. We all know the history and the result of Saul's wrongdoing. We find it in 1 Samuel 15 verse 22 to 23, where Samuel comes to Saul when he did wrong. He says, To obey is better than sacrifice, and to eat is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of God, of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. 
en Afrikaans. Kijk, om gehoorzaam te wees, is beter als slagoffer. Om te luisteren, beter als die van rammen. Want wederstrevigheid is een zonde van waarschijnlijk. En eigenzinnigheid is afgoederij en beeldendienst. Omdat jij die woord van die Heer verwerp het, het hij jou als koning verwerp. En deze second king, King Ayas, now this man, I think he has decided, now God of Israel for him. Listen to what he's done. Second Chronicles 28, 24. Ayas gathered together the furnishings from the temple of God and cut them to pieces. He shut the doors of the Lord's temple and set up altars, and that was for the gods of Damascus, at every street corner in Jerusalem. Now, God has ways and manners in which he works. King Ayas had a son, and this son's name was Hezekiah. And Hezekiah became the king after Ayas has passed away. We find in 2 Chronicles 29 verse 2, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. Praise the Lord. Now some highlights what King Hezekiah done. Listen, in the very first month of the first year his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He gathered the Levites in the square and said to them, Listen to me, Levites. Consecrate yourselves and now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of our ancestors. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. So he cleared up and he tried to restore God's temple to, to its previous glory. And he also says, The anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Hezekiah made a covenant with the Lord so that his fierce anger will turn away from them. The Levites consecrated them to the Lord. Eagerly they restored the temple and removed all the defilement. Hezekiah did preparations to celebrate the Passover of the Lord once the temple was completed. Now it was supposed to be the first week of the first month but due to time constraint and everybody not being available he then uh, commanded couriers throughout Israel and Judah with letters from the king and from his officials which read uh, you find in 2 Chronicles 30 verse 6 Now listen to this letter that this king writes to his people. They say, People of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may return to you who are left, who have escaped from the kings of Assyria. The couriers went from town to town in Ephraim to Manasseh, as far as Zebulon, but people scorned and ridiculed, ridiculed them. Now this is almost like the parable Jesus told in Matthew 22. That was the wedding banquet. Although the guests were invited, they refused to come to the wedding. 
the servants went to the street corners and invited everyone and invited them to, to come to the banquet. Now in Hezekiah's case, nevertheless, some from Asher, Manasseh and Zebulon humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. King Hezekiah prayed for the people. Now if you read this portion in the Bible, I suppose Hezekiah was standing there and he saw all these people and he realized they didn't have time to sacrifice themselves to the Lord. He then spoke to his elders and, and people and they asked, what can we do? And then Hezekiah stepped in and on behalf of his people, he prayed to God and the Lord heard his voice and he answered him. The Passover events can be found in 2 Chronicles 30 and 31. It's wonderful to see how God worked in this situation. And I want to say thank you, King Hezekiah, for the courage and your will to repent and turn to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel. May the Lord bless you. Now the summary of the behavior of these three kings. King Saul, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Ahaz, he shut the doors of the Lord's temple and set up altars for the gods at every street corner in Jerusalem. I think he's a goner. He did not accept the true God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. King Hezekiah made a covenant with the Lord so that his fierce anger will turn away from them. Now, later on in the service, refer to these kings. Just keep it in mind, please. Now, we are turning more or less to the communion. In today's communion, we are going to spend some time on forgiveness. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. At the last services, I think it's more or less, we can say, end of uh, October, November, We've had several messages from Carl J and Craig, but all more or less with the same thing, that something needs to be done. And I can't do it for you, and you can't do it for me. Something needs to be done by each of us individually. And just maybe, this message that the Lord gave me about forgiveness is just maybe applicable to you, I don't know. Your spirit and God's spirit knows please act according, accordingly. We find in Proverbs 20 verse 27, it says, The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's innermost being. In Afrikaans, the geest van die mens is a lamp van die Heere. Dit deersoek al die kamers van die binneste. There's nothing to be hide for your spirit. Your spirit knows everything about yourself. Now in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11, Paul writes, who, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We should always be open to the Holy Spirit and allow Him. So in short, Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your spirit and let your spirit, the lamp of God, search your corners of your heart 
and see whatever is wrong and ask the Holy Spirit to come and do the preparations. Now, the events that led to the Holy Communion, we find it in slide 5. It's uh, Luke 2 verse 11. We've just recently been through the Christmas festive season. Now listen what was said. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The history and life of Jesus is captured in the Bible. And we are all aware of the miracles and teachings that he has done and given. When his time came to be crucified, he told his, he, he told his disciples what was going to happen. On the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, the disciples asked him, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Now notice that the disciples did not ask, are we going to eat the Passover? No. It was a given fact. They are going to do it. Jesus, where would you like to have it? And while eating, Jesus then implemented the new covenant which we're going to share this morning. You find that in Matthew 26, verse 26. Jesus took bread when he had given thanks. He broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And so yeah, every little bit of bread is the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. And then Matthew 26 verse 27. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then came the bad night when Jesus was arrested. Judas and the crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and the elders came to arrest Jesus. Peter saw what was going to happen and all he wanted to do was to protect his master. What did he do? He drew his sword and struck the servant Malchus of the high priest, cutting off his ear. And listen to what Jesus says to, to him. Put, put your sword back in its place, Jesus said. None more of this. That's Jesus' word, eh? And he touched the man's ear and healed him. How often are we so quick to defend ourselves? Before we even consider other options, the sword is drawn and we strike whatever we deem necessary. Can we not learn from this example given by Jesus when he said to Peter, no more of this. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach and to guide you whenever such a situation should arise. Another precious, precious example was given by Jesus when he prayed to the Father. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. One of the criminals hung, hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us, he says. The other criminal, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. 
Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And today, still the mercy of God is available for all of us. Thank you. Let us hear what Paul says, has to say about the communion. We find in Corinthians 1, 11 verse 18, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and so to some extent I believe it. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 27, So then, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Each one of us can see, can be seen as the king and the ruler of our own lives. Remember our three kings? You can see where you fit in with those three kings. How do we act and behave? Allow the Holy Spirit to show you whether everything is well with your soul. King Hezekiah took great trouble and care that the Levites should holy themselves. Then he cleared the temple of defilement and stuff that they has placed there for his idols and gods. Now in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now forgiveness. We can sometimes be so hard upon ourselves or with the counterparty when it comes to forgiveness. Allow me to share with you a portion of a sermon that was held by Dwemeny. The example explains forgiveness quite nice. In the old days, Wylanders had a mothership with a small rowboat on top of it. And then they would go in the ocean and they would search for a whale. And once a whale is spotted, the small boat is lowered and the men would row the small boat to the whale and once they found the whale, they would harpoon it. That harpoon is then attached with a rope to the small boat and then it's a tug of war. The whale on the one end and the boat on the other end. And they've got no control of their destiny. Where they're going, they've got no control. And the whale is pulling till eventually the end comes. But should situations become dangerous, they had the option of cutting the rope. This end became a tug of war, yeah, okay. Similarly, if an unpleasant situation exists between two parties, where forgiveness is to be given, you could resist to forgive, and this unforgiveness is going to pull you like a whale and it will never stop whenever you sit down whenever you stand whenever you're fishing whenever you're playing golf whatever you're doing this thing is going to be like a whale pulling you it's a tug of war between unforgiveness and your inner being the best way forward is to cut that rope and how do we do it get both parties together and say but I'm so sorry, man. I did wrong. And the other party will most definitely also say, let's forget it. And you know what happens when that happens? Immediately, there will be a calmness in your heart and you'll experience the blessings of God 
you will have peace of mind. You will sleep easy. You will fish without problems. Nothing burdening you like this unforgiveness burden that's pulling you. In Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35, Jesus told his disciples this wonderful example of forgiveness. You all know the background, but I'll give you a short summary. A king wanted to settle the accounts with his servants. A man owed the king 10,000 bags of gold. Now just to put a little bit of a monetary value to that, I found it in the Dyke Bible. The monetary value is roughly 290850000 Now just to get a little bit more of a feel for that, I thought to myself, how can I explain it that, that uh, we can more or less capture what was this that this guy owed this king? And I said, okay, if we take a house of $6 million, I think that should be a sub- quite a substantial house that we can buy. And this man had 48 of those houses. He could not repay the king and the king instructed that he and his whole family be sold in order that they, that the debt could be paid. And then the servant fell on his knees and begged the king to be patient with him and that he would repay him in full. The master took pity on him and he cancelled the debt and let him go. So immediately this poor man now has got 48 houses of his own, each worth six million dollars. What does this servant do? But when this servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him hundred pence. Monetary value, about seventeen dollars. He grabbed him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe me. His fellow servant begged for mercy, but it was refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. Now the master of the king called his servant in, saying, You wicked servant, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have to have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured. And these were the words of Jesus. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It's not my words. These are the words of Jesus. Now, in closure, we're not going to sing a hymn. Instead, we're going to listen to him. Now, if you would like to read the words, you're welcome. If you want to close your eyes, you're welcome. If you want to sing along, you're welcome. But during this hymn, I would like you to listen to the words and then you make it yourself. Please allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. The hymn is, I'm just going to read one verse for you. And like Hezekiah, when the people came for the Passover, they were not ready. But listen to the words. I can say, Lord, just as, I, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, 
and that thou bidst me come to thee. And then made me alcohol, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, let us listen. Now, just like uh, King Hezekiah, not that I think I'm superior, but I feel led to have a prayer for us all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this is the word that I've received from you, and I've given it to your people. You know each heart, and you know each spirit, and you know if everything is right or what is not right. My prayer this morning is, please dear Lord, everybody that sits in this congregation this morning, they've heard the word, and I'm sure your spirit has spoken to some hearts. And they didn't have time since hearing the word and also sharing on the communion table. I want to ask in the name of Jesus that you please forgive. And when these souls go out and they get to the person, whoever is the other party, I pray, Lord, that you will provide everlasting peace between the parties. May your name be blessed. We glorify you, God. You've done great things. In Jesus' name, Amen. And now we're going to serve the communion. Please, it's not the Baptist table. It's a table of the Lord. And feel free, you've heard the sermon, you know what's in your heart, share it with us. I'm going to call on Bruce and Anton to please come and help me. In Matthew 26, verse 26, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Yeah, we cannot imagine being the body of Christ. He broke it. And he says, this is my body. For you and for me. Anton, will you please thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Father, we want to bow to see Thank you that we in this house have the Lord and the Christ. Thank you that we as children can be part of the wonder that the wonder of your wonder has come uh, wil u in ons innerlijke mens en ons openbaar waar ons geneesing nodig het in ons lichaam en in ons geest onder andere dier vergifnis heren vul ons met u self en dank u vir vir hierdie kostbare gebruik wat ons het wat u ingestel het die nachtmal dat ons die brood mag nuttig en die wete dat u u self opgeoffer het so ons vry gesprek kan word ons eer u daarvoor Amen Then in 
Matthew 26 verse 27 Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying Drink from it all of you This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins Bruce will you just praise and thank the Lord for his blood Heavenly Father I think back to when you instructed the Israelites, Lord, <clears throat> to never forget what you did for them when you took them out of Egypt through the baptism of the Red Sea and you brought them to the mountain and you gave them the rules for life. They're not laws, they are rules for life. And then you took them to the promised land, Lord. And you told them to never ever forget that, to teach their children year after year, day after day, what you did for them. And so, Lord, in the new covenant, our Lord instituted this supper that we may too never forget what he did for us. Amen. That he died for us, that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins to make us clean. That he sent us his Holy Spirit to live with us, to teach us how to live. And Lord, he said he's coming back to fetch us, to take us to our promised land to raise us from the dead, to give us new bodies, to live with him in the kingdom forever and ever. What a promise. My prayer, Lord, is help us to live lives worthy of our Lord. Amen. Please just hold on to your cup until we've all been served, and then we'll bring it as a unity. Thank you. Can we all please stand? Thank you, Jesus. While we're standing, there will not be another hymn to be sung. Can we go to slide nine, please? You'll notice there are small dots there. I want us as a congregation to read this together. I'll lead. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one that is a prayer that the Lord has given but still there are two verses which I'd like to read to you these are the words of Jesus for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, hierdie woord wat die verochend vir ons gegeet is, harde woord. Daar is nie een derde manier nie, dit is of so, of so. Ons kan of vergewe, 
of ons kan het voor altijd tegen iemand hou, en ons kan die eeuwige leven verloor. Heere, ek wil bid, soos wat hierdie kerk, een mooi gerestaureer is, mooi skoon, binnenkant en buitenkant, wil ek bid dat u die hand en die heilige gees, vir ons as gemeente sal hou, en elkeen wat u inkom, dat hulle die liefde van Jezus Christus sal ervaar, en dat die vrede van elkeen van ons sal besit neem. En Heere, wanneer versoekinge kom, wanneer ons die swaard wil trek, om oore af te kap, verkeerd te doen, dat ons net so'n bykie terugstaan, en die Heilige Geest kans gee, om tot ons harte te spreek, en vir ons te sê wat ons moet doen. Ek wil nou bid, dat die liefde van God die Vader, en die gemeenskap van die Heilige Geest, en die omgeving van Jezus met ons allemaal blij, totdat hy weerkom. Ons dankie daarvoor, Heere. Amen. I hope you were blessed in hearing God's word today. For more information or prayer, please visit our website stillbaybaptist.co.za. May you find your life in Jesus Christ and Him alone.